0: and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. Do you often feel overwhelmed in your motherhood? I know that I do. You're even hearing in these conversations with my girls this week and last week that I have had to learn a lot in motherhood because I really came in with wrong framework. And I want to invite you to join me on a six-week mentorship journey where we begin to put in place the clearly, beautifully laid out truths of the gospel for you so that you can also apply those truths into your motherhood. You see, for many of us, we know who Jesus is. We know who God is, but it's this it becomes fuzzy when we try and push it into different parts of our lives. All of a sudden performance crops up or we feel overwhelmed or we feel totally exhausted and defeated or discouraged or like we don't measure up. You've heard even in here, I have wrestled with this and my girls wrestle with this now as teenagers and your children will wrestle with these thoughts. And unless you and I can become really rooted down in God's truth ourselves. We cannot relay that truth to our kids in a way that is life-giving for them and helps set them free. But first, you and I need to be set free. I'm inviting you to look at a mentorship journey with me over the next six weeks. We're going to start October 25th, so the sign-up for this will end October 22nd. And for six weeks— We will journey together and we will begin to understand what it means to have God write the story of our lives. What does it mean to understand that we get to step out from under the feeling that we're going to mess it all up? We're going to wreck it. It's discouraging, maybe even feel full of despair at this point. We're going to step out from under that lie and that mantle, and we're going to step into the fullness of freedom with God. And then how do we practically work this out in the daily moments of our motherhood with our kids so that we offer them hope? Join me on resetting your mind when motherhood seems hard. It'll be a six-week faith-based mentorship and community designed, Mama, for you to realign your motherhood by focusing on the truth of God's love for you. There's an easy link in the show notes And I cannot wait to join you at my kitchen table for the next couple months. Welcome back to the kitchen table. I'm really glad you're here. I'm really glad you're joining in on a conversation I got to have with my three oldest girls. Kendall is 21 and Abby Grace is 19, and Anna Clara is 16, and you will hear their distinct voices. If you did not hear them last week on the episode, they introduced themselves and gave a little bit of of their background, and this week we're just kind of jumping in. We talk in this episode about really how God changed my perspective on walking with my kids in their faith walk. You see, and you're going to hear a story that I'm going to share about how I really felt like I had to own the salvation of my children. Like it was on me. It was up to me. I could mess it up. I could ruin it. And so we're going to talk about that. And then you're going to hear how God began to change my perspective and actually show me what really he calls you and I to do with our kids. And it's not own it. He is at work, Mama, in your children's lives. He is the one calling them. He is the one knowing their hearts fully. He knows exactly how they need to meet their Savior and what will be the place where they understand their need for a Savior. You and I are invited to have the sacred privilege of walking alongside of our children, very present in their lives, pointing them, right? We get to point to Jesus and then we get to pray. And you're going to hear some breakdown of that today with the girls. They're going to share some stories. Some places maybe, um, well, some place I did stuff well. And honestly, it was exciting to hear that because sometimes you just aren't sure. And then other places, not so well. I didn't do things well. And I want you to know That I, they want to share their stories with you. Their heart is that other young women won't be held captive by the lies that did captivate their hearts for years. And they're going to share that today. So while you listen, mom, especially if you have a young girl, uh, a preteen, teenage girl, I'm going to encourage you to listen first, maybe, um, but definitely grab her, bring her in. There's nothing in this conversation that's inappropriate for them to hear, um, and I'm so glad that you're joining us at the table today.
1: Yeah, um,
0: well, I think I think uh, I really learned, and 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 you brought it out, and you brought it out, Kendall and Abby. Um, I. W- w- Walking with teenagers is not for the faint of heart. So if there's a mama listening and you've got your kids and they're in their tweens or teens, y'all, it, it's hard. It's not easy. Uh God absolutely uh, cemented, I mean, completely taught me the necessity of praying for y'all. I mean, in just interceding on your behalf before the throne. Um, there was a season there where the enemy was using all the stuff that was going on in our home with four tween and teen kids all at the same time, all struggling. All of y'all were struggling. And um, all of y'all were walking a journey with God uh, that creates your testimony. And it creates a beautiful story for God's glory. But in the thick of it, it is really hard and scary into the thick of it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, we'll cut that. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. It's kind of funny. Um, But it creates a, a really hard season. Yeah. And for the mom, what I had to learn was that just like I think you said it, but I don't know. It, it's, it's not my job to make sure you love Jesus. It, it's, I don't need to own it. Yet I wanted to own it. Like I remember when y'all were little actually, and we lived in New York city and, um, well, I just remember in New York city, Abby Grace, you came home From school one day and you had really come to this understanding in your little kindergarten class about who Jesus was and that you had prayed with your teacher and asked him to be your savior and you were clearly um, saying this under an understanding of the gospel for a five-year-old for a five-year-old and Kendall I remember my heart was oh because I felt this ownership of y'all's salvation then in my parenthood. So y'all were eight, seven, and five. And I really felt like it was my job to ensure that you had asked Jesus to be your savior. And yet in that conversation, so Abby Grace was beginning to move towards this idea of, well, maybe I should be baptized. And what does that look like? And all this stuff. And Kendall's like, well, I want to be baptized too. And I believe in Jesus. And yet I knew I knew, as as I had studied you, I didn't think that you were ready. But I didn't want to judge you either. And it was like this battle with the Lord. I don't know. Do you you want to say something there?
1: Well, I don't know. I don't you know fully remember. I remember a lot of what people tell me. But I do remember one thing is just thinking, you know, as much as I can remember from being seven. Yeah. I remember thinking, well, no, this is my younger sister. I'm the older sister. You know, I do things first. And... <laughs> I was not about to let her do something first that I wasn't going to do with her. So, you know, it wasn't necessarily all that, like, you know, thought out or planned. I think I, truly I was, you know, curious. And if she's going to come home with all these thoughts and ideas, you know, I want to be right there along with her. I want to be a part of it. Well, I think you would have said that you love Jesus. Yeah, of course. You know, I love Jesus. Jesus. I grew yeah. up, you know, loving yeah. Jesus. And he was very much a part of everyday life. But, you know, looking back, I... Definitely was not something that I had any concept of or, you know, did I actually walk it out? No, no, probably not. Yeah. And yet I owned it.
0: And so I was trying to take care of it. I think that was the biggest thing for me at that season of my motherhood. And so when y'all say, I think Abby Grace, you said just now that it is not the role of the mom to own or to take care of the struggles that y'all walk in of your spiritual journey. I can't, I can't fix it. I can't make it the way I want it to be. I am only allowed or invited. And I've I've said a lot in here, but I'm invited into a sacred conversation with God where I get to walk with him as he shapes your life and works with you. And my role in it is really just to pray for the bulk of the time. Yeah. And to and and to pray and to pray and to pray, and yes, one of the things I pray for y'all is out. what
1: were you gonna talk about? How you pray for the boys not to see us? No, no I don't. No, we'll <laughs> <laughs> take that. Out. Oh, I did <laughs> know you
0: were. <laughs> I will talk the, about it. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> one of the things that one of the things that I do actively pray about for y'all is that. When you do something <laughs> wrong that you're caught.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. You do pray that. I do. do. And, and it happens every time. Sometimes you write yourself out.
2: Yeah. Every no, time. it but is. It's like one of those things where it just like kind of swamps you alive and you're like, if I don't tell somebody that, it's the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it okay, is so. for sure the Holy Spirit.
1: <laughs> but also it's just like you come to a, dis- like now after getting ratted out a couple of times <laughs> It's just like you come to a decision of, am I going to do this thing that I know is wrong or not? Because you know you're going to get caught and you know that you're going to have to clean it up and you're going to have to repent about it. And there's no, there's just no point. So <laughs> <laughs> says, says our more rebellious. It just, there's yeah. no yeah. point <laughs> in, in doing it if you're going to get caught. <laughs> so you might as well not. Which I guess is good, but... <laughs> well, there you go. Well, there you go. I will say, you know, obviously you keep we keep referring back to it. It's not your role to be, you know, to manifest your child's salvation. It's not your mm-hmm. role to, you know, make that decision for them or to take ownership of that. But I will say, like, I think looking back over my, like, significant, you know, steps with the Lord and um, just the moments in my life that I have definitely drawn near to Him... I think it's definitely a lot due to you guys. And I think it's important to note that I think parents can definitely be a a catalyst for that for their kids. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you don't have to take ownership over it. But I think that, you know, there's a strong role that you play. um, Because a lot of times, especially me walking through high school, I really wasn't in tune with the Lord. So I wasn't in tune with the Holy Spirit. And because of that, I wasn't really hearing all the... Um, you know, I wasn't really hearing that voice that said, Oh, you probably shouldn't do that, or you know, that was bad, or just anything that now I have that check in my heart that I just, you know, you automatically feel it, and it can be gut wrenching and it can just leave you feeling just completely guilty and upset. And I just didn't, wasn't feeling that. And I think a big role that you played was kind of helping me see that, helping me see that I needed to feel that, and that it was a problem that I was not you know, registering that whenever I would make these decisions. And I think going back to the story I was talking about earlier, you know, my junior year was kind of like the ticking time bomb of my entire mm-hmm. experience of high school. And it was just getting more and more elevated and more and more bad decisions were being made. And again, I thought I was being very sneaky. And um, <laughs> I, just, I just can't even go back there in my mind. But, you know, mom and dad sat me down and they said, we are going to pull you out of school and we just think it is for your benefit. We don't really necessarily care what you think about the decision. It is the decision, but we're letting you know that we're pulling out of school and we're going to homeschool you your senior year. Cause I actually did get to go to high school. Um, and that's the decision we've made. And, you know, we hope that it's not going to be a year of wrestling with you and that it can be an enjoyable year, but we're just letting you know now. And, um, to be honest, that was absolutely like the most pivotal, year, I think, of my relationship with the Lord so far because I felt like I had fallen so far away from him and it was such a year of just growing with him and becoming honestly the person I am today in my relationship with the Lord and how I see him and view everything else. And a lot of it has to do with that decision that y'all made. Mm -hmm. Simply just from watching and observing and like I said, being there and being aware and you know, I think what's important to note is that I never felt any judgment from y'all. I had made some pretty terrible decisions and I had done things that I wasn't proud of. And, you know, in myself, I was probably already self-loathing and very just upset and in denial and frustrated. And instead y'all met me with a lot of grace. And that's what I'm saying is kind of being a catalyst for the Lord. Like y'all showed me the grace that he has for his children. Y'all kind of showed me that, in more of a in-person like worldly sense because y'all gave that that to me y'all were very gracious and understanding and of course there were consequences um just like there are with the lord but that level of grace and understanding from you guys was really I think what allowed me to say Kendall like you have to have grace with yourself because Mm -hmm. you've done a lot but to be honest there's nothing that you can do that will ever outrun like the love that the lord has for you and made me realize like he's been chasing me this whole time and I just have kept running and pushing that outside and I think that that's important to note is that just to have grace and understanding for your children because that's really what I think what allowed me to even through the years of being so making dumb decisions I think I still would have said you know I'm very close to my parents I think I still would have said that to anyone who asked me mm-hmm. I think I've always said I have a very girlish of with my parents even though honestly I Probably did I mean, I was lying to y'all. I wasn't really being completely forthcoming and honest. But I think I would have said that because I always knew if I really needed to go to somebody and if I had that awakening of I need to be honest, I absolutely knew I could sit y'all down and tell you in a heartbeat and I knew how it would have been responded to.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that's important. I mean, that's how I want to parent one day. So mm-hmm. I think that's important. Yeah, I think, um, I think we begin –
0: For for a mom listening, um, I think a a huge, huge foundational principle that I hold to as a mom, and that your dad holds to, like we hold to it, we remind ourselves of it sometimes. Like laying in the bed, we have to be like, we have to remember this. Is which is this is the the law in Scripture after Jesus, the only purpose of the law is to reveal how much we need Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the rules in our home are not, we never designed for y'all to be perfect and to live inside of. But in fact, they're designed and we seek to remember, which is hard sometimes because when rules are broken, the flesh of me gets irritated. But that rule is actually was designed just like the law meaning it was designed to reveal how much you actually need Jesus. And so we have sought to parent and this is what I hope a mama hears is that we seek to parent from the perspective that this becomes an opportunity to show God more fully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there may be consequences. That's that's not it. But shame and guilt and scolding for for rebuke's sake and the dis- disappointment, discouragement, like horror that you would disobey the law, we oftentimes will feel that, but we have to remind ourselves, no, the law was put in place to reveal the need of our Savior. And this is the same in our home. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think it's, I think it's one of those things where, scripturally, it talks a lot about having a childlike faith and what it looks like as a believer to have a childlike faith. Um, And even, like, for me, I would say, absolutely, I got saved when I was five. Mm -hmm. I remember that day very vividly, just what led up to it. And I walked in absolute childlike faith for years and had so much joy in the Lord and a lot of that. But there's a point in time when you mm-hmm. take a step as a mature believer and what it looks like to be a mature a mature believer, but still have a childlike faith. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I feel like I I missed that step for a couple years. I did not understand what it looked like to be a mature believer and have a childlike faith. But I think having a childlike faith looks a lot like recognizing your sin and the enemy wants to feed you shame. Mm-hmm. The enemy knows what sin is. He wants to pin you with it and he wants he wants you to feel like your sins define you. And it's very easy to believe, especially when looking at, you know, the law that was held over even the israelites for however many years um but i think the childlike wonder comes in when you recognize okay wow my sin compared to god's glory is absolutely horrendous mm-hmm. but yeah but it's been covered by the blood of jesus and having having parents that or like just you and dad just graciously meeting me in my sin and confronting me on it because sin needs to be confronted. It needs to be weeded out and it can be a very painful process, Mm -hmm. but having it confronted without it being met by you should feel shameful for this or you should feel disgusting or disgusted. And I think it's recognizing the sin for the sin but instead of being met with, you should feel shameful, it's being met with conviction and the immediate freedom found in conviction and repentance mm-hmm. and almost like having the guidance just even in the rules set up around the house of, mm-hmm. you know, you broke a rule. What does it look like to redeem that? And what does it look like to surrender that? Mm-hmm. Um, just I think was very helpful for me. Whenever I was kind of letting go, a lot of my struggles with, with failures and and shame, um, just being met with how beautiful grace is and forgiveness is was really, I think, important for me that y'all did. Yeah,
1: I think just one point I had when you were saying that happy grace is, that you know, just from my experience, no matter what, whenever you confess and no matter what the response is, I mean, I think it's important to know that. The concept of, like, shame and um, really just, like, shame, everything that's wrapped up in that is already playing through their head. I mean, no doubt the enemy has already fed that lie to them. So when then someone else also kind of feeds into that and, you know, kind of almost just kicks them while they're down is just no way helpful. And I think that a lot of times we feel like, well, we have to also let them know that, you know, that was was bad or really shouldn't have done that or... This and that, but the reality is, like you said, if we can just meet each other with grace, which is something that y'all did that I actually take a lot and I say a lot in my adult life now is I say, you know, when I look at any other person's situation, something that automatically pops into my head, and I'm not really sure where this comes from, but it's just the concept of... I really just don't immediately have a lot of judgment towards them. Mm -hmm. I really want to be an individual that sees things, not just for the bright and happy side, but just for just having grace for other people. Mm -hmm. So I don't care really what you're coming from or what you're experiencing or this or that. Like I don't want to take an outside picture and just immediately judge it because to be honest, I know from experience what you're probably already hearing from the enemy. And you know, Mm -hmm. our role as humans on this earth as christians is not one of a judger like that's not our job we're not here to judge other people like if anything god is the ultimate judge and he um will have you know our judgment day and we'll you know he allows us to you know he will tell us he's very honest with us and he tells us even through scripture but that's just not our job i don't think and so i think that as parents, that's important to realize because Mm -hmm. I think, you know, there have been times where maybe you and dad haven't done that perfectly. Right. But I think, you know, all in all, like you said, that's something that we've tried to implement in the home. And I see that and I definitely feel that. And I think that because I've grown up in the home where that's a value, I now can, you know, be able to value that on my own and and how I communicate with other
2: people and how I see other people has changed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, To build off of that again – Um, I think something that the Lord has been really teaching me over the last, I would even say two months is the beauty found in weakness and why it is so, so important to recognize a weakness for what it is. Mm -hmm. Because realistically, if you look at anything in your life, anything that you have ever been good at, you began as a beginner. It began as a weak point for you where you were not good at it, you were struggling with it, anything, sport, um, school, relationships, friendships, like you started as somebody who is weak in that area. And it's really interesting, the concept of looking at our, at our lives and our walk with Christ through that lens because moments of weakness or moments where we sin moments where the enemy catches us catches us off of our guard like moments of weakness for me are the most beautiful things that I recognize because it's a moment where there's so much more space for the Lord to step in and show me his strength
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and the enemy really wants to make us feel like our weaknesses are the worst things about us. And I really see them as a launching pad for for just how amazing the Lord can build off of those mm-hmm. and build a foundation that's stronger than even what we could have envisioned. Mm-hmm. Um, so just as an encouragement to whoever's listening whether you're a mother who's parenting kids or just somebody listening in because I know some of my friends follow you, mama. But (laughs) just reminding the people around you even, like Kendall was saying, instead of looking on them with judgment for what you recognize as sin in their lives, it's okay to recognize sin in somebody else. I don't Mm -hmm. think it's okay to judge them in it because you yourself sin an exponential amount. But just... Sitting with them in those moments and being like, look, this is a moment of weakness, but let's take it to the Lord and let's watch him Mm -hmm. grow in that. And that does not mean that we are immediately strengthened. I've learned a lot about the power of incrementalism recently, where it's just like day by day, what it looks like to dive into the word for yourself, what it looks like to surrender, what it looks like to strengthen your walk with the Lord and how he meets you in the moments where originally you thought that you were so weak that you could do nothing but break. Yeah. Um, So that I think is something really interesting, whether you're walking with your child or with a friend or in a relationship is instead of meeting weakness with judgment, it's meeting weakness with encouragement and in the strength of, of God, because it's, it's, more insane and powerful than we could even imagine.
0: Yeah. Don't you just love the way Abby Grace describes God's love as more insane than we can imagine? That if we can grab hold of the idea that his steadfast love for us as moms and for our children is more incredible than we can fathom. What a place for our hearts to rest, right? The Lord really had to work with me in this, though. I had to really learn how to meet the mess ups of my kids with God's grace instead of the automatic belief system, which is inherent to my flesh of performance. So, over and over in here, you've heard me, especially in the Lives of Motherhood series, I really have shared. I mean, I wrestle with performance and measuring up and comparing and being as good as and et cetera, all that. And it really rolled into my motherhood. And God, over 23 years with kids, has been setting me free and reminding me and anchoring me in his truth that it is not performance it is grace. It is not mistakes. It is mercy. It is not um, fretfulness, anxiety, and worry. It is peace. That's what we offer to our kids as they are navigating a world that is telling them it is all about performance. It is all about measuring up. It is all about doing it right and getting everything perfect and we get to be the givers of hope but we have to get it ourselves we have to capture this ourselves I've already shared with you the invitation to join me at my kitchen table for the next six weeks in a mentorship journey but if you are a mom and you've listened all the way through and you are like I don't have this I don't know how to pass it on to my child because I'm not living this way. This is what this six-week mentorship is designed for. I want to help you put this into real-life practical application. So again, I invite you to hit the link in the show notes that tells you about the mentorship journey that you can join me on. It will only be open as a live course for you to join through October 22nd of 2021. And then after that, it will be closed. But I want to tell you the invitation to come to my kitchen table live is right now. But always, if you want to send me some emails, if you want to reach out to me over Instagram, reach out to me through the show notes, even you can get a hold of me. And I want you to understand that God's steadfast love is. So full for you and for your child. Until next week, I hope you have a wonderful week. I hope you enjoyed this episode of When God Breaks Through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, head over to bethanykimsey.com. That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links as well as more resources you can grab to help you see that when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.